Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton. And I'm Haley Wooden. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Haley, tell me what's catching your eye in uh, business news this week. Well, some uh, troubling news from children's entertainment company DHX Media based in Halifax. But of course, they have operations here in Vancouver, including DHX Studio, which happens to be right across the street from our BIV offices in Mount Pleasant. Anyone unfamiliar with the brand name, probably familiar with some of its brands or the shows it has rights to. These include Teletubbies, Degrassi, Inspector Gadget, Peanuts, Caillou is one I remember. I was a little too old, but I remember it being sort of on being TV, around. being around. Yeah. That little Caillou. I, I've got a a niece that I sometimes get to babysit, and Caillou is just the most infuriating show to watch. It's it's just, still running. I think. Well, I don't know if she's watching reruns. I'm I'm not up to date on Caillou. Oh, you're not okay. But I, I it's just like. <laughs> very yeah. simple stuff there's nothing that i can enjoy nothing i can appreciate where some of the other children's shows i can kind of get something out of this nothing here i'm afraid well, no I, offense to caillou fans out no, there. no no i mean i missed the boat on teletubbies i was way after my time peanuts i remember the 2d cartoon version but they have like 3d peanuts sure. shows now so it's kids these days they need uh, the 2d animation now yeah. they get all the fancy stuff. Soon but, it'll be VR. Yeah, DHX is a big deal here in Vancouver. Uh, it used to be Nerdcore here in Vancouver, then it was bought out by DHX, and they ended up just uh, centralizing all their offices. They had hundreds of people spread out throughout Vancouver, and then just in the last year, they opened up that office right across the street from mm-hmm. us. So very cool space. I wonder just about the fortunes of the company if they are you know, playing around with the idea of uh, a sale. They are. They had a disappointing quarter. It was their year end, so their fourth quarter posted a loss. The company came out and said this week that they're pursuing all options. They're approaching this strategically. They haven't said if they're leaning towards something or not, but they did make a point of mentioning this could include uh, a portion of the company's sale or a sale for the company in its entirety. So they're reviewing this now. No news to report, but it begs the question of what that might mean for jobs if someone does take the company over or a portion of the company like DHX Studio, whether there would be cup- cutbacks only because the company uh, has been struggling financially a little bit. Well, you just wonder how distribution is doing nowadays. There, there's no shortage of ways to get your content distributed, whether you're talking about like my niece, she's not watching Caillou on cable television or whatever she's watching this on netflix so there's all these different distribution channels we have other companies i I know that are doing these kinds of methods uh, as well so why are they struggling look i'm not digging that deeply into what they're finances are like right now. But it is curious that this is an issue that a company like this is dealing with. Yeah. And I'm sure it, it it's one that resonates with traditional broadcasters too. Um, part of DHX, they have the distribution channels like Family Channel, which is one I certainly remember growing up and some nostalgia there. But yeah, it, that whole industry facing some disruption. Okay. Uh, on maybe the, uh, the, the not so light side of things, if we're talking about, we, sure. we can segue from uh, children's programming to a very vicious kind of boardroom battle going on in British Columbia. Mm. Uh, this is on the board of Hey Firma. We now have a defamation suit from uh, Lance Tracy. He is the founder of Pier One Hosting. He sits on the board of Hey Firma. He has since uh, issued a defamation suit against uh, board directors John Rante, Ryan Holmes, the founder of CEO, as well as Pay Firma CEO and board member uh, one Michael Gokturk. Uh, just uh, 
a, a lot of concerns about the public statements that Michael Gokturk's been saying to shareholders, saying that the uh, directors that include Lance Tracy, as well as Roger Hardy, the former CEO of Shoes.com. He is also the co-founder of Coast, uh, of Clearly Contacts Incorporated. And uh, we also have uh, Mark Levy uh, included in that side of things. Mm. So it's just like this ongoing battle between them. Essentially, there's like a investigated a possible liquidity transaction where there'd be a reverse takeover with a possible going public transaction further down the road. One side, Gokturk and uh, Holmes and Rante, they wanted to go with that. The other side, Tracy, Hardy and Levy, they did not want to go to that. And there's no consensus. It's a split boardroom and it's getting, like I said, a little more vicious than what we're used to here in British Columbia, so much so that they're trying to get these board directors booted off. And uh, the, the a file, a, a legal action has been uh, launched to stop the shareholders meeting that would get these board directors booted off. The ones, the opposing directors uh, who are against co-founder of pay firm, Michael Gokturk. So just uh, a lot of stuff going on. I'd really recommend you go to BIV.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be making a lot more cogent sense in that uh, particular story well, it's there. quite nuanced too so it's difficult to to sum it up you can read the full story yeah. online and get a better sense of who the players are i mean there are disagreements in boardrooms all the time what's unique about this it's so public yes. and there's also big heavyweights like big names involved in this you yeah. mentioned ceo i'm the founder of clearly contact so a lot at stake potentially reputationally too which is maybe why we're seeing the defamation suit and you talk to experts uh and People are like, yeah, I can understand both sides of where they're coming from. And like you said, Haley, it's just so strange that this has spilled out into the public that the way that it has. So very fascinating stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm, That'll be there to help you every step of the way. Give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or else check them out on their website at manningelliot.ca. Haley, anything else catching your eyes this week? We have more trade-related developments. It never ends. There's no industry that seems to be immune. We're back to wine. Of course, the U.S. has a history of complaining that certain provincial laws in B.C. are unfair under uh, treaties that both countries have signed on to. In this particular case, uh, the United States has filed a second complaint with the World Trade Organization saying that BC's policy to only have BC wines on grocery store shelves, which keep in mind, this is a relatively new development in our industry. They're saying it's unfair and that essentially Napa Valley wines or wines from the U.S. should also be allowed space on those shelves. Now, the previous liberal government took the side of the BC industry, saying they were going to fight any uh, any complaints that came their way and support industry regulations. It's unsure at this stage whether the NDP government's going to do the same, but I mean, we're looking at wine, dairy, softwood, uh, a number of things under NAFTA too, planes. There doesn't seem to be a shortage of complaints either under NAFTA or through the WTO heading our way from south of the border. Well, we've spoken to experts, spoken to experts on both sides of this, and look, uh, one side saying, well, this has already been dealt with in previous, you know, uh, NAFTA, uh, you know, disagreements. Um, it should not be an issue. And then other sides are like, well, yeah, uh, we understand why um, there would be issues over kind of giving uh, preference to domestic 
brands versus foreign brands. That's part of why we have a free trade agreement. So how this shakes out, I I don't know if you know BC has much of a leg to stand on, but I you know I I, I could be fully mistaken by this. Well, we've had people on from industry too, and. To the industry's credit, it's changed so much over the last 20 years, and that's been a largely good thing. It's internationally recognized now. Leaps and bounds have been made. You know, whether you support the regulation or not, you could argue it allowed maybe BC's industry to grow as opposed to having shelves be dominated by better wines from mature markets. At this stage, though, you know, the situation's changed a little bit. So I don't know if that argument stands today like maybe it has in past years. Right. Well, Haley. It's getting even less affordable to own in Vancouver. I I know this is shocking for people. Shocking. Yeah, but uh, this is according to RBC's affordability measure that, look, it goes and calculates the proportion of median pre-tax household income that you need to service the cost of, say, mortgage payments or or property taxes, utilities, etc. And it's based on the average market price for a detached home or condo. So if you look at that figure right now, it's going to take about 81% 81% of household income in the Vancouver market. It's 81%. Wow. Uh, for condos, it, they split it between condos as well as detached homes. So if it's just condos, that market about 46%, whereas detached homes, 115% okay. of average household income pre-tax. So you, you cannot afford that on, right. on your income. Exactly. Yeah, your so which income, begs yeah. a lot of questions about you know how are people doing that? Yeah, uh, and it's very concerning when you, I don't know, any big economic shock like we saw with what happened in Alberta, the oil uh, downfall about mm-hmm. back in 2014, you saw a lot of people uh, go insolvent there. I, I do wonder if, you know, the BC economy is very vulnerable to what's going on here with real estate prices. Yeah, you you have to wonder. And I mean, if it's above 100% too, like I... It makes some questions about how those deals have been arranged, whose money's involved, where the money comes from, whether it's on shaky ground. I, I mean, I don't know whether it's foreign money, which has been a part of the conversation too. But yeah, you, you can't think that that's going to last. It doesn't sound sustainable. Well, we also had the government introduce those new stress tests for mortgages. That mm-hmm. was last year. So there's measures slowly being put in place. We had the foreign buyer's tax that's kind of, there, there's a brief dip in sales mm-hmm. and it's climbing back up again. So, I, yeah. you know. Interestingly, one of the initiatives the BC Liberal government rolled out was that home program called maybe a second mortgage, so to speak, but a loan that had no interest for the first five years. NDP government scaling that back by 76% due to lack of demand, wow. too. So that, that that's another element, too, and was a point of concern to people we had spoken with, saying that you know, it opens people up to greater vulnerability. Mm-hmm. If something comes and you end up, okay, first five years, great. Five years on, you now have two loans to pay back. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, another piece of this ever puzzling puzzle that's housing affordability in Vancouver. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. It was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. And don't forget to subscribe to us and give us maybe five stars on iTunes. It helps a lot of people uh, reach out, find the podcast in more ways. Anyways, Haley, where can people find you if they want more information? They can connect with me on social media at Haley Wooden, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-W-O-O-D-I-N, as well as at 
BIV.com. And if you want to head over to BIV.com slash events, Tyler and I will both be at an upcoming October 11th event for our top 100 fastest growing companies. We have another one, Brokers and Bankers. So recommend you check those out. A little plug for our events. Tyler, where can people find you? Yeah, go to at Reporten on Twitter. That's the best way to get in touch with me. That's at R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. Until next time, this is the Business in Vancouver podcast.